What up, Oasis people? <laughs> I, I watched the video back, and I've been doing the hands up yeah, for the excitement. Maybe yeah. I should like start hands down, like what up, you Oasis were, people. You were doing hands up pre-recording, like pre yeah, when it was recording. just audio. He would You'd go because so, you would just yeah. stare right in the center. Time you go, you think I, I would? <laughs> you did you a little bit, yeah, sometimes. All the time, oh, so. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Speaking of that, see, there's there's things that you <laughs> notice about other people notice yes. about you that you don't <laughs> notice about yourself. Yeah. And we're talking about people pleasing today, yeah. and the intro stories that I want you guys to start to 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 <sighs> tell in these moments is: Has there been a time where you have tried to please a person, impress them? And you mm. just flopped big every, time. Yeah, every day for 11 years with my <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got another one. I got another one. I got another Every Sunday night when I preach at Oasis. People are probably like, oh, I wonder if that's actually... Mm. It's so, a joke. Uh, sometimes I think I wrestle with that. Oh, for sure. Like, I, I mean, try to tell the story and it's like... Yeah. Right, for sure. Like, oh, this story's great. Um, nobody laughs and you're like, oh. Yeah. That's me every Thursday when we do the sermon panel and I tell the joke and nobody laughs. It's like, it just doesn't hit. That one's probably not going to make sense. And then there's night. some stuff that you say is like that hits more than, than you it should have. No, you're not like even trying to make a joke. Um, everybody yeah. laughs yeah. and you're like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, when I was in Watertown, every summer we do basically VBS. Mm. Right. And it was always at what was called Midwest Bible Camp, which is a camp in Watertown. And staff would volunteer and help out and i was i think in charge and helped out with like fourth graders but they had an obstacle course type thing in what was called the barn and all these kids partnered up and they'd kind of race each other oh, do all these things. and then there's one kid who didn't have a partner and in my head i was like this looks like the easiest thing i've ever seen in my life <laughs> like it's because it was for elementary school kids yes. yeah well one of the elements was spinning on a baseball bat Mm -hmm. 10 times oh. and then trying to walk across a, a balance beam i thought i'm kind of oh, nauseous like, just yeah. thinking about so that. i was like i i can, it's like i can do this like i like i can for sure do this and it wasn't even like uh i can beat this other kid because i was because <laughs> i thought i can do well, it well because i thought like i'm for sure gonna beat this <laughs> yeah. other kid like yeah. that was like not even a thought just assumed just a hundred percent you know what happens when you assume yep. yeah sometimes right sometimes you're wrong <laughs> And so, I do that <laughs> and so I go and I'm doing, and it's great. And you go up this little ramp thing, you come down the ramp thing, and then you start spinning and I'm three spins in having seven <laughs> left and I feel like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> and so all of a sudden we get 10 done. Kids already caught up to me. Kids already passed me. He goes straight across the beam. I go across the beam and fall on my face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he crushes me. <laughs> I feel like there should be a waiver for this obstacle. And course. I, no. Kids have a lower center of gravity, so they don't get quite as dizzy kids, as kids an adult would. Kids man. <laughs> I hate being dizzy. It, yeah, it I feel like feel it's not a fun moment. I'm in a season of my life where I don't know what I don't know what it, what's going on, but a lot of times I stand in up general? too fast. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I hope not. No, but a lot of times I stand That's up fantastic. too fast, and I'm finding myself dizzy. I don't know if I should get that checked out or what, but I I now have. I, uh, <laughs> For your safety, please, Sorry. will you get it checked out? It's fine. I'm fine most of the time. I just can't stand up that fast. <laughs> He's got like no blood going to his head, and he I just must, like, I don't know passes out. Jana, you got? Are you ready? Can you? Do I it? don't have anything nearly as funny. It's one as time that. I was singing the national anthem, and <laughs> oh, that one's tough too. Is that your story? That is funny. For me, oh, the, the time yeah. I always get stuck in it is I feel like every time I've gone to Mexico, which has only been twice, but any time there's other like spanish speakers and you oh, you yes. think you think you can do it <laughs> yeah and you try to impress and you yep. hit them with the hola como estas and yeah. like mm. then you just get eaten alive by the next <laughs> yep. sentence they say it's like in the office we haven't had an office reference in way too we long haven't. where michael it says it to jim they do the 
he says something in Spanish, oh, yeah. and, and then Jim, Jim just, just goes, goes off. Yeah. And, and you can see Michael like just in his head. That's me every time. You're just like, I have no idea what you said, you, but I asked for this. <laughs> do you do the classic like Michael laugh that he does? Like, ha Yeah. <laughs> and you just walk away. Yeah, yeah, away. yeah, for sure. For sure. What about you? Oh, geez. I don't know if I have like a good, like one instance, but I'm really bad about like... If I realize I'm wrong in the midst of an argument, usually I'll double down and try to prove that I'm right, which is really bad. <laughs> so like one time I convinced I mixed up Helen Keller and um, and Frank in my mind mm. when I was talking to my sister and I realized I was wrong, but I was not going to admit I was wrong. So I just like convinced her that they were the other way around that's and she amazing. was so mad, <laughs> which is bad, but... So I don't really know if that's people pleasing. That's self person pleasing. Yeah, your <laughs> that's people. pride issues. <laughs> that is pride issues. I feel that. But a lot of this is pride issue. Yeah. And, and what's let's let's jump into some of this where it's like I feel like people pleasing gets this really terrible rap. But why? Like, yeah. Don't we want people to like us? Like, shouldn't we as Christians like have this peace and this love and this relationship with all people? Like, why why does people pleasing have this negative rap around it? Yeah, because I think the majority of time when it comes to like me actually pursuing people pleasing, it's selfishness. Mm. It's, I want to make it really, it's more about me, how I can micromanage. Like I get in trouble a lot or I know I'm people pleasing when I am trying to micromanage a conversation or situation. Cause I think I know what's best for that person without mm. entering into like a relational conversation. Yeah. So ultimately like, I think I'm people pleasing, but really it's like, I'm trying to look good yeah. or I'm trying to yeah. do something. And so it's like, yeah, do I want people to like me to an extent, but also is that the goal I should be striving for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a difference between being a likable person and being someone who just like caters to other people for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be liked. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I feel like Galatians 1:10 flushes that out yeah. for us. Like yeah. here it says Paul, he says, "Am I am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God?" Or am I trying to please people? For if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And one of the key words that comes in there is that word approval, where he's he's talking about winning the approval of human beings. And it gets us into this place where we now start to, people-pleasing does, where we now start to find worth and value and fulfillment and satisfaction and identity from what other people think of us. And that's part of what's core of the issue of people-pleasing, is when we're letting all of our other all of those people around us set and tell us who we are mm-hmm. and and if we have worth and those kind of things. And then of, then of course we have to micromanage because if they tell me if I'm worth it, if their opinion of me uh, like deters or, or teaches me how much like I, I can love myself and those different things. Oof. Yeah. That is a tough spot to be. Yeah. What about like that idea of, of serving Christ and loving people? How does that mesh in with, people pleasing well it's even paul says this in first corinthians 10 which i think we will get to later but he gives us his idea right first corinthians first corinthians 10 31 talks about whatever you do whether you eat drink whatever you do do it all for the glory of god and it goes into this like in every circumstance situation i want to please people Mm -hmm. but then he gives it like this caveat of that like and for him it's i want to serve people well to a specific goal yeah so yeah serving people is great it's actually what we should be it's an aspect of who we are as followers of jesus Mm -hmm. it's imitating jesus in ways that we are supposed to and just to use our gifts that that he's been given us but when i'm serving people for the sole purpose of me Mm. and not jesus and not god for for my kingdom or my benefit and not god's kingdom and my personal gain and not god's glory like that's where we get into trouble yeah for and sometimes sure. it's hard to even discern and like figure that out mm-hmm. like like cause to stop and think like okay am i really actually doing this for god or yeah. am i doing this for like to even ask that question yeah. sometimes it's yeah. tough mm-hmm. what, what would you tell to someone as they try to figure out asking that question 
Like, what do you say to them? Or how do you, how do you help encourage them to process that? How am I defining what love is? Mm. I mean, I mean, really, if it's like, cause if, if love is desiring God's best for someone, then ultimately God's best for someone is something that's not about me. Mm. It's about Jesus. Yeah. And so I was like, can you get yourself out of the way enough to like really love someone well? Mm-hmm. And that is a hard thing to discern. It's like, why are you like, it brings it back to motive and why. Yeah. Yeah, there was one, like, I got to preach Sunday morning at the, the First John series, and in there I had a definition for love. And I've always loved your definition for love, because it's lovely. Uh, <laughs> but in the, in the one I picked from, from what I was seeing in First John was love was this self-sacrificial giving yeah. of yourself yes. to another. Like, that mm-hmm. was what love was. That's how Jesus modeled love and when he gave himself. And so when we look at the question of love, like, if there is no sacrifice yeah. in it, if there's no... Mm-hmm. like giving of yourself, then it's, it's not love yeah. at all. And that's what we're called to do is to yeah. love God and love people. Sacrifice personal gain. Mm-hmm. That's good. What about like, so if this conversation really hinges on a chunk of who we believe we are, like our identity mm-hmm. and our worth and our value, let's give a refresher that mm-hmm. there's a ton of times in Oasis that we've done podcasts on it, sermon series on it. Like it's just a core idea to what it means to be a Christian is to know who you are in Jesus and in God. Mm-hmm. So let's give a little refresher. Like, who sets your identity? What's that all about? So that people maybe can just hear that again. Yeah. I mean, the phrase we always use is that identity is received. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah received, not achieved. Achieved. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I had it. And then as soon as I heard the sentence, I forgot it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that it's your identity is something that God gives you, not something that you work for. Yeah. Um, and so in the conversation about people pleasing, if that is something that we're doing to working for our, our identity, then we're looking for it in the wrong place and we're not allowing mm-hmm. god to give it to us because the tricky part of that is though like if it starts to come from people mm-hmm. that quickly can change and fade like how yeah. many like look over your life yeah and how many relationships did you think at one point like they were your best friend they were your everything they were they like you had this really dynamic great relationship and now you look back and it's like oh we're not that close mm-hmm. or like our relationship is just different now and imagine if that was the person who was setting your value your worth and your identity yeah. Like your coworker, your boss, your friend, your family mother, your significant other, like this list of people who said, yeah, you told me who I was, mm-hmm. but now that relationship's not what it used to be. And usually even in that, it's like, you told me how, who I was based off how I felt in ways that we interacted. Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. I left feeling better about myself because mm-hmm. of a conversation I have with you, because of something that you said, because of something I achieved or did in a job, mm-hmm. because of how much money I make, because of a degree that I, that I, that I achieved into myself. Like that stuff fades and fails yeah. and mm-hmm. we, f- we fail even in those relationships. And so when our identity is rooted in those things, eventually you get to this moment of like, I, I talk about the classic midlife crisis yeah. is you get these midlife like professionals, men and women who've worked and achieved for their whole life, what they know to achieve something usually in career maybe in family even mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it doesn't match their, ex- their expectation of what they thought it was their identity being in that it's like all of a sudden they get to like i don't know who i am anymore mm-hmm. it's like abby went through this it, it, with college because all she knew was being a, a student yeah i think and a lot of this, people do a lot ton of people mm-hmm. do and so it's mm-hmm. those things aren't bad things but are they co- the core foundation of who i believe i am because who you ultimately are is how you ultimately act yeah, and what you good. ultimately do is what you ultimately pursue so when we could get around this idea of like no my identity is rooted in jesus and who he says i am i have mm-hmm. to accept that as a gift i have to receive that well and it starts with this reality that god just is for us and he loves us yeah which yeah. we have scripture to back up that mm-hmm. oh yeah day. hit us with it i mean 
John 3.16, that classic. Classic. That Everybody. classic. That I classic. love John 3.16. <laughs> that classic it is wall such a, poster. Yeah. I feel like it once you get too Christian, then it's like, oh, John 3.16 is not cool anymore. Everyone knows it. Like, non-Christians have it in their bio, but John 3.16 is it's still dope. so, so yeah. good. You yeah. Know? You, I probably wouldn't get a John 3.16 tattoo. Yeah. But. Would you put it in your bio? <laughs> no. I was feeling convicted the other day. Because I didn't post anything on my socials for Easter. I didn't either. Interesting. And is it this little? I don't. I don't think so though. Okay. Because I think people know I'm a Christian. Like I, I post enough, and like if they if they follow me at all, which I'm not a, an average average poster. But I got to this place where I was like, if I don't post on the biggest Christian holiday of the year, if I don't give something, like I felt like I don't know. I just felt weird about it. Why mm. did you feel like you needed to give something on the biggest hol- Christian holiday of the year? Because if it's the most important day to me mm-hmm. of all the, the, why would I not celebrate that okay. in all the ways that I can? That so, was kind of yeah. what I was feeling. Okay. You know, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, no, I think, again, this to me is a perfect example of, am I saying something because I want other people to know I'm celebrating this day? Oh. Or am I saying something just because I really do love Jesus? Yeah. And that's a hard thing to discern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to know within yourself why I'm posting or not posting. Yeah. That mm-hmm. you have to be secure in who you are. Mm-hmm. So like if I, to make a statement of like, well, I don't think you, I don't think it matters or you should, I can think it matters. It's just what is the motive behind it? So yeah. should you or shouldn't you? I don't know. Mm. Why? Yeah, that's why? great. That's a, And I mean, that Look always just unpack that. <laughs> well, and like, I don't think that was even going to, in yeah. my mind, registered yeah. people pleasing because I, yeah. I knew it wasn't, mm-hmm. but it is. Yeah, it's a you, perfect it's, example mm-hmm. of like, oh, I'm going to post this because then that person who follows me who's cute is going to know that I'm a Christian and, you know, it becomes <laughs> some of that. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's root it back in just some yeah. of the core Christian idea that to be Christian is to want to be like Christ, that that's the goal of Christianity, that is you progress each and every day through your life. You would you should want to love God more and become more like Christ, that that should be at the heart of who we are. The hard part is Christ was liked by some and hated by a lot of people, that the very people who liked him on one Sunday by the next Friday hated him. And that's mm-hmm. the duality of what it, what Jesus lived in his existence here, that they loved his miracles, they liked some of his teaching, they liked the freedom and the power, but then they were like, you're not who I thought you were, You're done. I'm done with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that didn't crush him because he knew who he was. But John 15, 18 sums this up so well. It's like, if the world hates you, realize first, keep in mind that it hated me first. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's hard to, yeah. yeah. That even sitting yep. here now, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to think, okay, does this person hate me? Does that person hate me? And it's like, well, if it's for the right, like if they hate me because I love Jesus and I'm faithful following him, like God says, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Because it happened to Jesus. Yeah. They they hated him. They crucified him. They murdered him in cold blood. Like that is unbelievable. Yeah. But it should be believable because it happened. <laughs> <laughs> and even True. in that, like, I think that just we, that becomes. I hope that gives you like even some freedom, like to take mm-hmm. off the weight of people pleasing. That you yeah. recognize that Jesus didn't. He didn't have everybody love him, even though he was perfect. Yeah, yeah. he didn't. He didn't wrestle with having to meet everyone's expectations. And I think was okay when people walked away when they realized he wasn't going to meet their expectations mm-hmm. on what they thought was going to happen. Yeah. Like, That's there's true. arguably that Jesus met nobody's expectations besides the Father. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Like, is there anybody at his, last week? What what they thought was was a what was supposed to be a king for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think one of the only people. Now we're a little off topic, but I'm interested. Like I'm interested. <laughs> but like I'm thinking one of the only people that maybe had correct expectations of Jesus was Mary, his mom, 
But even then, when when she sends yeah. the siblings to come get him, and yeah. he says, "My brothers and brothers are yeah. those who do the will right. of God." Yep. Like even then, you see this, like John the Baptist. You would think, "Oh, he knew. Like he was the one preparing the way." But there's those moments where he's like, "Is this the Is guy?" He? And he sends have his my disciples go, go check. Him. Yeah. And it's like even <laughs> go there, confirm, go double check, yeah, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know if there was anybody who had. Maybe when you see in like the earliest parts, I think it's Luke when he goes when you have that childhood moment and he goes yeah, to the temple. Simeon? Yeah, dude, and, or, yeah, or the good. woman who's the woman that's there. I can't remember uh, her name yeah. either. But those two are maybe some of the only people who, yeah, probably because they just they were just waiting on the Messiah, mm-hmm. and then both of them kind of have that a pivotal moment in right. their lives, and then who knows what happens from them then. That's crazy. High aspirations, yeah. low expectations. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, let's go more practical. Mm-hmm. So if we see the example of Jesus that he was hated by people. Um, because they didn't understand him, they didn't know, they didn't have correct expectations. What just practically does it make sense of now yeah. to understand why people pleasing doesn't make sense? Well, it's just unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. you do that. All, everyone will like you. That's just unrealistic. There's too many different personalities and priorities, energy levels. We're all so unique and different mm-hmm. that for every single person to be completely 100% liked by each other is just unrealistic yeah and i think if you don't get that there's maybe a deeper thing to talk through there but like that's just real yeah well but it makes perfect sense which part that that idea that it's like oh we're all different people and yeah but practically lived out i think it's you know like it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt when someone doesn't like you or it doesn't feel uncomfortable yeah even if you recognize that it's a reality yeah that's true what were you gonna say yeah that i think yeah, because it's just like when you know it, it's like, okay, I understand that yeah. people are different than me and not everybody's going to like me or like understand me. But then you're like in it and you're being yourself mm-hmm. and like authentically you and someone doesn't like that. And you're like, oof. Yeah. I think it's tough when we're really trying to like pursue Jesus well. For me, at least, it's really hard. It's not hard to intellectually understand that not mm-hmm. everyone's going to like me. It's hard to come to a realization that I've actually hurt people. Mm. Hmm. And like unintentionally, yeah. Or intentionally. Yeah. Even like I would hope unintentionally, but still there that's mm-hmm. real. Yeah. Like that is, I I have disappointed people and will continue to disappoint people. Yeah. Yeah. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like okay, being okay with that. You you mentioned this phrase just this idea, but if I'm faithfully following Jesus, making decisions that I can of what mm-hmm. I believe is right in the moment. And then I can at least, I, for me, I can not just wrestle with it, but I can come to this okay realization that, all right, I'm not going to please everyone. I'm going to do the best I can in the moment, not for others' approval, for the glory of God. And then that's like, okay, I'm going to just faithfully follow Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And I think part of it becomes like, there's there's all of who we are. I mean, our personality, our needs, our, our energy levels, our priorities, that's all of that. And then you add in this gospel element yeah. Yeah. that just, <laughs> it blows the whole thing up because you now have this stark divide between those who know and love Jesus and those who don't. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that right there is like the fundamentals of what it means to be a human and live life and, and what you just basic, like who we are and why we exist that you, d- you differ on. And then it becomes... Now, how do you merge it? Like, how do you interact as a Christian with non-Christians knowing that the world hated Jesus because of who he was? Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? I mean, yeah, I think I try not to, yeah, it's coming back to how do you care but not care? Mm. Like Jesus spends, like prays overnight, goes to the 70, picks out 12 disciples, and it's like, what, what, what do you think the other 58 were thinking mm. yeah. when they weren't chosen? 
Like when Jesus said, you're going to eat my flesh and drink my blood and everyone walks away except for the 12 is like, he was okay with them walking away. Doesn't mean he didn't care about them, mm -hmm. but he's okay mm -hmm. doing and saying things to the extent of knowing like he's, he's literally doing the will of his father. Yeah. And so it, it, I, I wish I knew the scripture. I should have looked it up. But this idea of like, we who have had the veils lifted because we've understand and been yeah. able to receive the gospel and understand what the gospel Second is. Second Corinthians something. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, well, there are people who haven't had that veil lifted. Mm -hmm. It's the classic example of like, you can't expect the Burger King cashier to be like Jesus and to be kind and generous if they don't know Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so even like that aspect of, we live in a world that is hostile to the gospel because we live in a world that is full of sin because we even ourselves are sinners. And then so like mm -hmm. knowing that foundation, like I'm rubbing shoulders with people who are broken, just like I'm broken. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that I know Jesus and he's redeeming and transforming and, and, and healing. Yeah. And it's just like, how do I bring that into yeah. the different influences and relationship in my life, knowing that I'm rubbing shoulders with broken, sinful people. And that's okay. Well, even in first Corinthians one, he puts it a different way. Paul does, but he talks about how the message of the cross is foolishness to those, to those who are yes. perishing. Yep. And it's like, that word foolishness is bold. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, they just don't understand it. They just don't, they, they're they not agreeing with it. Like, no, they think it's straight up stupid. Yes. <laughs> like, people who are non-Christians look at the cross. They look at Easter and they think, you really think someone came back to life. You think God put on a body, became enfleshed, and walked the earth. Like, that's not <laughs> just like wrong. A, yeah. It's yeah. dumb. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I cannot believe you believe something that ludicrous. And then that's like... That's the the world we now interact with where it's like, okay, this is all of, this is who I am. Like to be a Christian is it, it consumes all of what I am. Right. Now I need to live life. That's the call of the gospel is to live life in the world, but not of the world. And now how do I, how do I rub shoulders with those yeah. people that hate, hate me, <laughs> hate, hate what I believe yes. and probably hate me mm -hmm. for it. some, some of what, yep. mm -hmm. oof. And there's just like the foolishness and, and the veil that we're talking about. Part of it just comes from the gospel is offensive to those who don't understand it. Yeah. Like to understand that the gospel is that you are a sinner. As people, everyone is a sinner, that we are born sinners. This is something you struggle with and you need a savior. Like that message is offensive to people. Where it's like, no, I'm fine. I do well on my own. Like I'm trying to do my best. Like who dare, how dare you tell me what I am in my life? And like that message is offensive, but that's mm -hmm. the truth of the word of God that it's been, we've been taught. So then you bring that message where you try to, like make disciples and, and love people and spread seeds. You bring that message to people and it's like, yeah, if they're offended, they're probably going to hate you. Yeah. But that's still truth. Now, mm -hmm. how do you navigate that with grace yep. and truth, yep. gentleness and respect? Like, oof. Yeah. What about, let's change it a little bit. What about we started in this idea, like people pleasing gets a bad rap because shouldn't we live at peace with all people? Where does that come back into the people-pleasing conversation where we recognize, yes, there is the reality that the world will hate us and that mm -hmm. people aren't going to understand the gospel, and but yet we're still trying to be like Christ, and Christ still wanted to love and, and serve people. So how does that mix in with the world's going to hate me, but yet I still want to love the world? Like, where does that come striving for peace? Yeah. I mean, it comes down to even in the midst of that, strive for that peace and we get that command in scripture in romans twelve eighteen says if it is possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone first corinthians 12 9 says i have become all things to all people so that by all possible means i might save some 
And then Matthew 10, 14 says, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. So it's this reality of realizing that we should strive for peace, that in all that we do, um, we should try to keep that peace, but recognize when that peace can't isn't going to happen when yeah. there's people who are not going to accept you, people that are going to hate you, hate you and, and to, to leave that town and shake the dust off your feet mm-hmm. um, and to recognize that sometimes that's going to happen. Yeah. That's tough though. Like when you're, cause it, it's fine in the world. Like we think, Oh, the person at Hy-Vee, the cashier I've been interacting with, they're, they're not a person of peace. They're not interested in the gospel. And yeah. so I'll, I'll shake off the dust from my feet. I'll move on because they're not, a, I'm, I'm not having fruit and traction there. But then it's like, Oh, maybe it's my roommates. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's my family. Right. Maybe it's the people I love and care about. And now it becomes, I'm not, tr- I'm, like there's that temptation there. I need to please you because if you like me, you maybe you'll be more sensitive to the gospel. Maybe that becomes the fertile soil. But yet, like I'm trying to be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to strive for peace, but they're just not a person of peace. And you don't find that. What where's that come into some of this? I think that you can have different convictions on this. Okay. For me, here's here's what I know. I've been convicted in, in almost all of my relationships. It's. Not that I have to even be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. It's God has not asked me to opt out of relationships. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that means that in different seasons and with different people and different relationships, I have different boundaries mm-hmm. based yeah. off what's healthy for me and my family, but also based off of what I believe God is calling and asking me to do. Mm-hmm. And so even in that, it's like God desires for all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That is good, like good in God's eyes. That's first Timothy two. And so even in that, like, because he desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth, he desires for all people to know his forgiveness and his redemption. And I think we as people are mediators, like mm-hmm. our, Jesus is the ultimate mediator. We are ambassadors of Christ, ambassadors of the gospel, which is to one, and even in being a peacemaker, mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, in what the Beatitudes calls a peacemaker is when we bring this good news and gospel yeah. to help mm-hmm. people be at peace first and foremost with God mm-hmm. and then to each other. And so to strive to be at peace with all people as much as up to you, it's not a cop out. It's yeah. a everything that you can in your power, do what you can to be at peace, to be generous, to be kind, to be gentle, to offer forgiveness time mm-hmm. and time again. Even when Jesus says this idea of like, what does forgiveness really mean? It's like, yeah. it's not how many times should I forgive someone who's hurt me? It's not seven. It's what? seven times seven, 70 times seven, depending on which version you read. And even in that, it's not a, there's a certain amount of number of times you forgive someone. It's sometimes in relationships to be at peace with all people, to try to bring the gospel and and that idea of forgiveness and redemption to people's lives is an understanding that forgiveness is a day by day thing. Yeah, It's not like an all of a sudden I've once forgive them. It's like, I have to continually, especially in some relationships in my life, go back and like wrestle now with, have I really how do I forgive that person today for what has happened in our past? Mm-hmm. And in that, I know, okay, because I've been forgiven, I can forgive. doesn't mean the relationship's not hard. doesn't yeah. mean the conversations aren't hard, but it means what God is asking me to do in my relationships in those moments is not to opt out and to step mm-hmm. back completely and forget. It's how do I be healthy? Mm-hmm. How do I know yeah. what God's asking me to do and be faithful, but to continue to offer an opportunity for people to be at peace first with God and then at peace with each other, including yeah. myself. And that mm-hmm. should release you from the burden of people pleasing. Huge. Yeah. Like it should. Huge. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's because that means what, because yeah. in reality, peace with in two people is not about one person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to have true peace. It's like yeah. both people have to mm-hmm. have to accept it, but Absolutely. that doesn't mean I stop and I quit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's a hard, I think too, like going off of that, <laughs> sometimes, <sighs> 
sometimes you can step away from a, a relationship and also not opt out at the same time. A hundred percent. That you may not interact with this person yes. because you've had to set boundaries, yes. but you pray for them. You speak yep. kindly of them behind their back. You stop, like those kind of things yep. where it's like, you don't need to continue to be in that relationship yep. with someone where there can't be yes. relational peace in the midst of that, yep. but you don't opt out to forget and be yep. like they're on their own. Yep. That's super good. Yeah. And I think I could say it, part of it becomes like peace in some ways, I understand what you're saying. Peace is a two-way road. Peace in relationship. But internal peace can come aside from someone else. You know what yeah, I mean? 100%. And yeah. so like, part of that becomes in people-pleasing. How do we find peace within ourselves regardless of what that other person thinks about us or what, what they think yeah. about the relationship? Mm-hmm. That it's just like, hey, I'm content. Mm-hmm. And rooting that back into like, are we confident in who we are? Yeah. Like yeah. God has made That's me, good. Psalm 139, you're fearfully, wonderfully made. Like your works are wonderful. I know full well, like God has crafted you exactly how you need to be. And he is transforming you by the power of his spirit, making you more like his son. But there's this beauty that you, you are sufficient, but mm-hmm. also like remembering that identity as a child of God, as a warrior of God, as a prince of peace, as a son and a daughter, like those beautiful, like coming back to that. And in those relationships, there is, there can be peace there. Like even in the midst of discontentment over the relationship or that the fact that someone doesn't like you or those things, but internally you, you stay rooted to those ideas yeah. and it launches you into peace. Yep. It connects you with yeah. the spirit. Yeah. Do you not, I love what you said, Dana, because it's, this doesn't mean that you have to stay in a relationship yeah. that is so toxic to where you mm-hmm. are unhealthy Yeah, yeah, and hurt. Or even where your relationship stops that other person from seeking that's healing. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I want to change one, one last semi mini topic out of this we've been all over the place but it's it's been good uh i think part of the problem with people pleasing is this and it's probably even amplified more now that we have social media but Mm -hmm. this brand management or (laughs) yeah people influencing yeah it's it's, it's influencing or just Mm -hmm. we used to call it reputation yeah but like now you don't hear that language as much it's literally just what people think about you on a scale far beyond even your you're close knit, you know, like, yeah. Oh, you're probably tight and okay with your friends and family. Like most people, like you're probably okay with those, but it's like the peripheral friends, mm-hmm. your classmates, your coworkers, your extended family, like this, yeah. your social media following where it's like, Oh, now I have to make sure they all think about me in the way yeah. I want them to. What would we say into that when it becomes this brand? It's literally people brand management yeah. at some, what, how do you speak into that as a Christian? Yeah, you have to, one, it still goes back to identity. Mm-hmm. Do I care more about who God says I am than what other people say? Which ultimately is like, do I care more about how God is molding me and shaping me into ultimately becoming the the son or daughter he's created to be? Or do I care about more my about my reputation of what other people think of me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no? I don't know if I have anything to add to that, yeah. I would just add the word character in yeah. there. Like hmm. part of that becomes what we can control and what we can't. Like off the screen behind the character, they say is what, what happens behind closed doors, right? Like it's just this, when people aren't looking, who are you? Yep. And mm-hmm. that's what you can always control. Yeah. And so when we live in relationship with people, when we're going back to Galatians one ten, when we're striving to please God and to serve God, to be a servant of Christ, like is our character that one of faithfulness? Like, are we trying to be who Jesus has asked us to be and finding Mm -hmm. contentment and peace in there and not necessarily in what other people will say about us? Because that becomes something you won't be able to control. You never Mm -hmm. can. And it's a rat race that you'll run and burn yourself out trying to. Yeah. And that's good or bad, too. What? Not just even in good things you want people, but also in... Because I feel like we sometimes make decisions so that people don't think that, like, bad things about me. Mm. I'm going to give an example. Mm. Man, I might get in trouble for this one. Uh Uh-oh. Um... Let's go. 
I think there are you, you, homosexual weddings. Mm. Okay. Just, just think about this, right? Mm-hmm. So we have, I think Abby has multiple cousins who, who are who are gay and who are getting married. Mm-hmm. And there was this like weird thing with, with families, like, are you going to go? Are you not going to go? Like, mm. what will people think? Mm. And so yeah. for me and I was like, okay, how do we show the love of Jesus? Not just to her gay cut to anyone to make a decision to faithfully love people well mm-hmm. and not care about what other think people think about my actions. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah. cause what, what a lot of those conversations stem around this idea of like, well, if I go to this wedding, that means I'm approving and blah, blah, blah. It's like, ultimately I'm getting into conversations and thinking in ways that are, I care more about what people will think about my choices than what God mm-hmm. is asking me to do in a moment. Yeah. That's good. That's and so, and so that's yeah. just maybe an extreme example, but just in anything, it's mm-hmm. how do I care more right now about being faithful, what you just said, of what God is asking me to do than what, how other people may interpret my actions. Yeah. Because yeah. that's an aspect of approval and people pleasing mm-hmm. that yeah. I just don't think God wants us to, to wrestle with. It's like, no, just be faithful with how God's asking you to love people, to love him. And then serve faithfully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember early on in college, <laughs> I had quit drinking. It was just not something that I felt the Lord was asking me to do anymore. And But I still wanted to have relational connection with the people who who did do that activities. And so I remember going back to, to my, my high school or like my, my hometown, and I would go hang out with my high school buddies who were really big into that. And I would go to these parties and I would... I would be there, but I wouldn't drink. And so I wanted to make sure everyone knew that even though I was there, I (laughs) I wasn't drinking. And I remember this distinct moment where I was like, I don't, if if you've ever been to a house party, I hope you haven't, but probably chances are you have. (laughs) They're disgustingly hot and nasty. And like, there's people everywhere and like shoulders touching. And so I was there hanging out with these guys and I was so thirsty. So I grabbed a wet red solo cup and I got tap water. But then I was standing there thinking, now everybody at this party sees me holding a red solo cup and it became for me like brand management. Yeah. Like I felt like mm-hmm. I needed to represent the kingdom of God in a certain way based on what people were thinking about me. Right. And for me now, as I look back on those moments, it's like, okay, what would it have looked like to care more about my character than my reputation? Mm-hmm. Like to be in that place, to be relationally connected, to love the people who I came with and who I wanted to serve in those moments. And who cares if people thought I was carrying a red solo cup full yeah. of beer or tap water, Right. you know? <laughs> I think that was just mm-hmm. like a, it was a weird moment for me yeah yeah to try like it was just a cup (laughs) yeah it was it was literally just a cup in this crowded room because i was thirsty but it was more than that because of people pleasing because Mm -hmm. of all of these Mm. that's hard yep but that's life like everywhere you go this will be something you'll have to recognize and even as a lot of college students transition into workplaces i think you feel it even more in like workplaces because as college students like you really probably don't care that much what your classmates think but as you work and uh, you ha- as you start to work, you have bosses who you're probably going to mm-hmm. care what they think, yeah. you know, whereas like, oh, if the professor doesn't like me, that's fine. I'll be having a new professor next semester. <laughs> but next year you might have the same boss. And yeah. so those things yeah. like it's not going away. Yeah, There's an art and it is an art. And ultimately it's just in my rootedness in Christ. I believe the spirit leads me in ways to help discern. Like, because mm-hmm. how do I, how do I combine like serving and, and, and loving people well? with also not caring about how I seek approval with also the combination of like, Hey, don't be a stumbling block to anyone, but Hey, Mm -hmm. also how can you just love and serve people well? Mm -hmm. And it's just, there's an art of discerning that the spirit gives us as we're rooted in Christ. That's good. And so it's like, so in all of this, it's, it's (laughs) what's your desire for people? Mm-hmm. Like, is it, is it ultimately that they would know Jesus? Yeah. Right. In, in, in every action, like, does God want to be glorified? Mm. It's like, all right. And just yeah. try, it's not even try to make the best decision. It's be faithful. You really believe God's asking you to do. If you don't know, 
ask someone who loves Jesus and who knows you. Yeah. Like if you yeah. don't know what to do, that's what community is for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would even just finish this. I feel like we've gotten six concluding points now, but <laughs> I would finish this with this idea of like, if you don't feel like you can answer that question, like I love, like that I actually love people start to pray and ask for it. Yeah. Like that is a work of your heart that you won't conjure up yourself. Like there is no activity like you can do that's going to change your heart. Like mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, the, the power and presence of God is who needs to change your heart to help you to love people. So start to ask him to like, yeah. oh, I'm really struggling with people pleasing. I wish I just cared more about them for the kingdom than for myself. Ask for that. Be bold in that prayer. That's a prayer your father wants to answer. Yeah, that's good. So yeah. thank you. Uh, we'll check you out yeah. next week and we will see Checking you. People out. Check Checking people out. Checking people out. Uh, you can Count check down to out. 100. Live. Oh, cool whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. Peace out. <laughs> Bye.